Sharon, Evangelist Patricia Crutcher. Amen. I do not own the rights to this song. I do not own the music to this song, nor the lyrics to this song. Jesus is on the main line. Old school, spiritual.
for that wonderful song of worship. Again, I do not own the rights to those songs, nor the lyrics, nor the music. Thank God for inspiration. Father God, we're going to get into our message. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another Sunday, which is the first Sunday of the month. And we thank you for keeping us and protecting us from the enemy and giving us the ability to survive in these last days. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your excellences. And we thank you for just being who you are. And we know that you exist in our lives. Bless, bless this message. Let it come forth. Revelation knowledge flowing freely and with understanding. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk to you about there's no cost to you. Matthew the 10th chapter starting at the 8th verse, but I do want to read the 5th verse. I'm going to start at the 5th verse, and I'm going to read that in the King James Version, then we'll go from there. Matthew chapter 10. I'm not going to be before you long, but I am here to give you what thus saith the Lord. Starting at the fifth verse. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. Now, he gave them those particular instructions before Peter saw the vision on the housetop when God told him to eat, and Peter said, not so, Lord. The reason why Peter said, not so, Lord, because when he sent the twelve out, in that fifth verse, it says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, 
and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And ye, and as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The eighth verse, which is the key verse that I want to talk about today. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staffs. For the workman is worthy of his meat. In other words, what he's saying is that he will take care of you. Now, in the Amplified, it says, Jesus sent out these twelve, instructing them, do not go among the Gentiles, and do not go into a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach the saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now I want to stress back up to that fifth verse when Jesus sent out these twelve and instructed them, do not go among the Gentiles. Now, this was before Jesus had ascended to heaven and he was particularly concerned at that time about the house of Israel but after he ascended God opened up the heavens and showed Peter the apostle a revelation on the Gentiles and the Jews which is the sheep of the house of Israel now Peter saw the vision and he knew within, him, within himself that he's not supposed to eat what was shown in the vision. But what God was telling him is to eat because he has cleansed now the Gentiles. In other words, it wasn't about the food, it was about the Gentiles and it was about the Jews. It was about the circumcision and the uncircumcision. So when Jesus told them when he was upon the earth, do not go among the Gentiles and do not go into a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I just wanted to enlighten you on that to let you know that you can go to the Gentiles now because God has ordered Peter and not only did he order Peter but he gave us also that stands to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved now Matthews 10 and 8 heal the sick, cleanse the lepers raise the dead, cast out devils freely have received freely give now if you want to go over to Acts, the third chapter, starting at the first verse, the 
And the title to this message is, There's No Cost to You. Freely ye have received, and freely, freely ye have received, and freely you give. Acts. chapter first verse and I'm also going to read that in the King James Version and it reads starting at the first verse <coughs> excuse me now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour which is 3 p.m. and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple and asked in alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, back to the topic at hand, there's no cost to you to be healed. There's no cost to cast out devils. And there's no cost to cleanse the leper. Some people that are part that are part of the fivefold ministry charges God's people by way of offerings. Off, you know, they, they here's the thing. <clears throat> Not everybody does this, but you have some preachers that are part of the fivefold ministry, so they say, and they orchestrate money lines, or you can call it offering lines, and in that offering line, some pastors, prophets, or teachers, or whatever, pray for you after you have given the money, 
and also pray for your sickness or may have a word for you which is not according to Matthew 10 and 8 and he says heal the sick, cleanse the leopard raise the dead, cast out devils freely ye have received freely give so there is no charge there's no cost to you for your healing. There's no cost to you of demons being cast out of your life. There's no cost to you if you have leprosy and you have been cleansed of that leopard. There's no cost to you. Now, in the traditional setting, when people give offerings, you have to make sure or specify that you're not charging them for healing or you're not charging them for casting out the devils. And you are not charging them of healing them from leprosy. But you have to be careful because there is a thin line. And if you go down further and read what it says about don't take with you no money belt, no purse, because you are worthy of receiving things, but make sure when you do receive it that it's not a conflict with Matthew 10 and 8. When it says freely you have get received, freely give. There's no cost to you. There's no cost to the people that that's are in need. Now, we can go over to 2 Kings, the 5th chapter, 14th through the 17th verse. Now, here's the situation. If you go to the doctor, of course, they're going to charge you for their services because they're, aren't, they're not a part of the gift or freely receive or freely give. They are part of a business that must charge you to come see them or to be diagnosed by them of whatever condition that you have because the doctors have services that they went to school to learn how to become doctors. That was the purpose of them going to school to become doctors so they can charge you. And Jesus was telling his 12 that freely you have received, freely give. Why? Because they are not doctors. They did not go to school for it. The Holy Spirit has rested upon them and has been using them to heal people or using them to cast out devils and heal the sick. So that's why it's freely ye have received, freely give. But doctors doesn't go by that statement because they have been going to school to get a degree into becoming a doctor. They attend multiple colleges to practice medicine 
and not only to practice medicine, but also have the license to diagnose whatever's in your body that's causing the sickness. Now, if you go over to 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, I'm going to talk about Elijah. The fifth chapter, starting at the 14th verse. And this is a soldier that had a lot of authority. He had a lot of authority, but he was a leper. And he needed to be healed of his condition. And that his servant told him about the prophet Elijah. And the prophet Elijah gave him specific instructions. Second Kings five fourteen through seventeen. In the King James Version it reads, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the sayings of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean, and he returned to the man of God. He and all his company and came and stood before him and he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. Now, the soldier did not, he didn't have to do that. He says, Take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. 
and he urged him to take it, but he refused. Now, this is a true prophet. Not saying that because he didn't take the, 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 the blessing, it's saying that in Matthew 10 and 8, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. In other words, how can I charge you for some information that God has given me, or how can I charge you for God healing you because he told me what to tell you to do. In other words, he told me to tell you to go dip seven times in this unclean pool. And the soldier felt like he owed, felt like he owed the prophet Elijah something for being healed. But the prophet said, but the prophet said, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. He urged him to take it, but he refused. Now, in real time, I hate to say it in some churches, that people call themselves prophets or have the gifts of healing or uh, word of knowledge, words of wisdom, either of those gifts. Now, you have those gifts, but those gifts were given to you. Freely ye have received, freely ye have received. In other words, freely God has given you these gifts. It's not for you, for monetary gain. It's for his people. If you go back to when Jesus told the twelve to preach, he told them to heal the sick. He told them to cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. And when after he said all of those things, he said, freely ye have received, freely give. In other words, don't charge my people, which is the house of Israel, anything for their healings. Now, doctors can charge you. Lawyers can charge you for their services. A mechanic can charge you for their services. But we're talking about the power of God. We're talking about the Holy Spirit that's in you, that's using you to heal the sick, to cleanse the leper, to raise the dead, and also to cast out devils. Now, this is not your power. There was a man that noticed that the apostles were laying hands on people and they were receiving the gifts, gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now, this man thought that he can purchase this gift. And he offered money to have this gift 
so he can charge people money to receive the Holy Spirit. And that's not how that works. He said, freely ye have received, freely give. Kings and the uh, Amplified says, so he went down and plunged himself into the Jordan seven times, just as the man of God had said. And his flesh was restored like that of a little child, and he was clean. He was clean. God has cleansed him of his leper, but it came through the prophet, which was the man of God, which is a man that has communication with God, and God told him to let the soldier know to go into the river Jordan and dip seven times. And he did not want to do that because he was a prestigious soldier and he had people under him, so he figured that was beneath him to do such thing. But this is a free gift that God has given him in cleansing the leopard or the leprosy that he once had and his skin was like a baby and he didn't have to pay for it. Why? Because it was freely given to him but he wanted to pay Elijah for giving him back his skin like as a baby. But it wasn't Elijah. It was the power of God. And it was the obedience that he finally took upon himself to dip seven times. So there was no cost to him. But he wanted to pay Elijah anyway. And Elijah refused to take the money. So there's no cost to heal the sick. There's no cost to raise the dead. There is no cause even to cast out devils. Remind you, freely you have give, freely give. Don't charge anyone for a gift that was given to you. You have some people that has crystal balls and they charge you. You got some people that has the spirit of that has familiar spirits and they charge you in these churches that saying that they are a prophet but they are there for a prophet so you have to be careful on whom you are giving your money to in which that there's no charge to be healed there's no charge as you can see, the prophet did not take the money. But he said, as the Lord liveth, before whom I stand, before whom I represent, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Now that's a true prophet, because he was representing Christ. But he said, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand, or before whom I represent, I will receive none. Who are you representing? Are you representing filthy lucre?
because filthy lucre will have you run into every church that you think that you can get money from because you're saying that you're a prophet and that you have the gift of healing and you have these lines and these people are giving money because why? You said that you are a prophet. But you have to remind yourself if you are a true prophet or a true man of God, are you going to charge his people to be healed? Are you going to charge his people to raise the dead? Are you going to charge his people to cast out devils? There's no charge. There's no cost to you. And the minute that you start giving because of a prophet says, if you give me $300, I'm just using that analogy. A prophet says, if you give me $300 in three days, God is going to heal you of your sickness. If you give me $500, God is going to cast the devil out of your life in three days. Or you have a loved one that's in the hospital. If you give me $500, God is going to raise him up. So you have to be careful on who you are sitting under far as ministry because there are a lot of churches and a lot of pastors that has been deceived by a lot of prophets who say that they are prophets but they're, they're actually there for just monetary gain now if you, roll, if you turn over to Luke turn over to Luke the eighth chapter, then I'll be closing uh, in a few minutes, but I just wanted to give you an idea of that it doesn't cost you anything to be healed. It doesn't cost you anything to be cleansed of your leper. It doesn't cost you anything to be raised up from your dying bed or even raised from the dead or being having devils cast up out of you it doesn't cost you anything there is no cost to you Luke the 8th chapter I'm just here to give you information and also not only to give you information but to be careful when you are in some of these churches that's allowing these things to go on and they wipe you out taking all of your money and now you don't have any money in your bank account because they have exhausted all of your money that you were saving like for instance you have a homeless person he's working or she's working and they have money saved up and the prophets asked them, he or she, how much money do you have saved up to get your apartment or get you a place to live? And that person said, well, I have almost $1,500 saved up. 
And that prophet says, give me that 1500 and God is going to bless you with your new apart apartment within five days. Now, this man or woman has gotten your savings, $1,500 that you saved up for your apartment. Now, he's telling you to expect a miracle when God was giving you a miracle by having you save money to get the place to live. That's just not an instant miracle, but it's, it's, it's giving you the ability and the mindset to save your money to get a place to live. But the prophet took your money within minutes, $1,500 that you saved up. It might have took you months. Who knows? But now you're giving this money to the prophet, and guess what the prophet did? The prophet left with your money in his pocket or her pocket. Now, when I say prophet, I'm saying that these are false prophets, not the prophets of God that do these things. Luke 8. James Version. God is good. It's all about information. It's all about God's word. But the more you get God's word, the more you become stable. And it reads, starting the 43rd verse, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians neither could be healed of any. I'm going to stop right there. In the Amplified, in a woman who had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years and had spent all her money on physicians and could not be healed by anyone. Listen to that scripture closely. And a woman who had suffered from a hemorrhage, and a woman who had having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living, her life savings upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. And Jesus spoke and said in Matthew 10, the 8th, 10th chapter, the 8th verse, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, 
freely ye have received, freely give. Now you go to the book of Acts, the third chapter, when Peter and John responded with a prayer at the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m., and they saw a man that was at the gate called Beautiful asking alms. And Peter said, Sit and go, have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Now, this woman went to doctors that can charge her, but not promise her to be healed. But they have the license to charge her. Doctors have the license to charge you for their services, but they cannot guarantee the healing. They cannot guarantee the healing. And a woman who had suffered from a hermage for 12 years and had spent all her money on physicians and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his outer robe and immediately her bleeding stopped. And that's in the Amplified. In the King James Version, the 44th verse, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, who touched me? This is the interpersonal intelligence that Jesus had used at this particular time. Who touched me when all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and said, Thou who touched me? That's the interpersonal, the interpersonal intel that Jesus had that he knew that somebody touched him with a different type of touch. Interpersonal intel, discernment. Jesus knew that someone touched him, and after that, that person touched him, she was healed in that instant. But before she was healed in that instant, before she touched the hem of his garment, or before she touched the word of God, she went to all of these physicians, all of these doctors, and exhausted all of her money when she could have went to Jesus the first time. The problem is, is with us as humans, we go to the doctor first. There's nothing wrong with that. But after you go to the doctor and they give you a diagnosis, you can pray on that thing. And if God doesn't hear you, then you have to continue to, to, to go to this doctor or doctors or physicians in order to get help. But at this time, basically, you need a miracle. If the doctors can't do anything for you, you exhausted all your money, and you still, no one, could not be healed by anyone because the physicians are not having the gift of healing or the ability 
to heal through the spiritual aspect of what God or Jesus is saying. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. These are things that are orchestrated by the Holy Spirit that you are being used of. And the doctors are not being used of the Holy Spirit, but they are being used of knowledge or something that they have learned through down through the years in college on how to be a doctor. So in other words, the doctor was being crystallized in learning on how to be a doctor. But that doesn't say that he can heal you. But he can take your money because he has the license to take your money and charge you a certain fee. That's why we have all of this insurance or Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance because the doctors are licensed to charge you. So you get the insurance, then the insurance pay the doctor because you can't afford the cost of those services. And that's why in real time today that we are going through certain things with Medicare, with health care, because of the doctors. They are, they are allowed to charge you a certain price. But under the anointing of God, freely you have received, freely give. The woman exhausted all her money. And she was left to just believe God. And she said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, to him, I will be made whole. Now, before she spent all her money, she could have said that same thing and had money in the bank because she's, she has gotten healed. But a lot of us, including me, will go seek the doctor. There's nothing wrong with seeking the doctor. There's nothing wrong with that. But if they can't, if they can't do anything for you, then it's miracle time. It's time for a miracle. If the doctor is sending you home to die, that is when you are in need of a miracle. And that woman that had the issue of blood needed a miracle. So she touched the word of God because the word of God was wrapped up in flesh. So she touched the word of God and the word of God felt the virtue come out of the word which is healing. The virtue of healing came out of the word of God and it healed her because she touched the hem of his garment. She touched the word of God. And the word of God 
So when she touched the word of God, the word healing manifests itself to her and through her. Praise God for that miracle. Because if you can just touch the word of God, or if you can just touch the hem of his garment, or if you have the true man of God, or a true woman of God, they can heal the sick. They can cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. That's the same virtue that Jesus had when he walked upon the earth. So Jesus has given us that power to heal the sick. He has given us that power to cleanse the lepers. He has given us that power to raise the dead. He has given us the power to cast out devils freely. Ye have received. Freely you give to his people. In all souls I ask. And every person that's upon this earth belongs to him. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for pouring out your spirit upon all flesh that they may prophesy in your name and not have false prophets in our churches for monetary gain, God. Every false prophet that comes to your churches for monetary gain, God, expose them and kick them out of your churches. In Jesus' name, let the pastors know what they're there for. Monetary gain and not there for your people. God, bless them and heal the sick. Cleanse the leopards. Raise the dead and cast out devils in Jesus' name, and I'm talking to the true five-fold ministry. The true five-fold ministry that are sent by God to represent God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank God for his word.
Thank God for that song of praise. I made it. I made it out all right. Now, here's the thing. You're going through situations and you have a testimony. And your testimony is that you made it and you made it out all right. Thank God for making it out all right. I made it. I made it when I thought there was no way to make it, but God gave me a way to escape and he gave me the ability to pray myself out of this situation. I made it. I made it out all right. Thank God for that song of inspiration by John P. Key. I made it out. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this fifth Sunday, the last Sunday of this year. And we thank you for watching over us in 2019. And we thank you for blessing us, keeping us, and knowing and within our hearts that you do exist in our lives. And we thank you for the things that happened in our lives in 2019. Thank you for the protection. Thank you for the family. Thank you for everything that you have done in 2019. Now we're thanking you for 2020. We magnify you and we thank you for the things that you are going to do for us in 2020. And there will be greater things that you will be doing or manifesting yourself in our lives because each year we should be able to grow thereby growing every year we, we get a year older but at the same time we need to grow each year we need to learn something we need to know something we need to hear from you and thank you for your illuminating word that can help and keep us in Jesus name I pray, amen. This message is a message that a lot of Christians, particularly the new Christians that, that's not aware of certain things that's going on in the church. And I'm not here to bash any preachers, or nor am I here to bash anyone that's part of the five-fold ministry. But I do need to enlighten our new believers, newcomers, the young saints, the lay members, the ones that has not been revealed to as knowing that the gift and the callings are without repentance. So um, this is our message today, Romans 11:29, and. I will start off by reading Romans 29 in the King James Version, Romans 11, 29. And then what I'm going to do is give you information on the reason why that the gifts and the call of God is without repentance.
verse 11 and 29. Father God, in Jesus' name, bless this message. Let an understanding go out to your people, especially the ones that's new into your phone, God. Bless them and do not allow a stumbling block to be set before them when they see certain things that goes on in the church because they are not you, God. They are not you. They are humans, and humans do fall. But help them to understand that the things that they see that goes on in the church or around them far as believers, God, give them to know that you are the one that can keep them and not the preachers or anyone of the fivefold ministry or any other Christian. For that matter, God, in Jesus' name, we bless you and we thank you for giving me this message and to convey it to your people. And I magnify you and I thank you because first it comes to who? The preacher or the teacher or the evangelist or the apostle or the pastor. It comes and goes to them or you first. And the 29th verse reads, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The gift and calling of God are without change or without regret or without deep sorrow or without no feeling of uneasiness or anxiety of the conscience caused by regret for doing wrong or causing pain. Amen. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And what I want to do is read some passages in Romans, the 11th chapter. And this is Paul talking to the Romans because it was imperative for him to get to Rome. Paul kept saying to his fellow apostles that he must go to Rome. So Paul is now in Rome. And Paul says, I say then, have God cast away his people? God forbid. For, all, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. That's one of the 12 tribes of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not what the scriptures saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars. And I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself, this is God speaking, to the prophet Elijah. I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee, 
the need to the image of Baal, which is a statue or image of a god. Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the elect of grace. And if by grace, then is it no more of works. You see what I'm getting at? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it then is it now no more grace? Otherwise, work is no more work. What then, Israel, hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded? According as it is written, God has given them the spirit of slumber. In other words, they're not awake or they are not alert to what's going on. So God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear. Unto this day, even in real time, even as I speak right now, in real time, this is still going on according to it is written, God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they shall not see, and ears they shall not hear unto this day, unto this day, unto real time. And David said, let their, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. And we pray that the new Christians, the new followers, do not fall into stumbling blocks when they see certain things that's going on in the church or around their saved lives. Amen. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back away. Always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, through their fall, through their fall self salvation, is come unto the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, in which some people, when they get blessed, I'm not saying all people, but some people when they get blessed, they have the tendency to backslide because they have been blessed with a house or uh, a large sums of money or a, a new car and they decide that they don't need God anymore because why? Because they have fallen, now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles which, is, which are the unsaved people that you're looking at that you're seeing them being blessed but outside of that information that you see with your eyes, these people could be criminals. But the criminal or, or the, their nefarious acts cause them to be rich. How much more their fullness? For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. 
For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, and thou being a wild olive tree, worth grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. So you don't bear the root, but the root bears you because you part of the root because you're a branch. So in other words, that's why you don't boast, because it wasn't for the root, then that wouldn't be a rent, a branch. And the root is, is Jesus Christ and the branches up are, are us. So we can't boast because why? We're not God. We're just a branch part of God that can be broken but the root cannot. Boast not against the branches but if thou boast thou bearest not the root but the root thee. Thou wilt say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spare not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, look, listen, therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fail. Now Paul is talking to people that are humans. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. In other words, this is what Paul is saying, severity, but toward thee. Behold, look, listen, therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fail, severity, but towards thee. Goodness if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, wild by nature, okay, so we was born in iniquity. We were shaped into it. Because why? The flesh, in our flesh, dwells no good thing. For thou art cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree. How much more shall be these which be the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness, in part, is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. 
And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election or the chosen ones, they are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts, the 29th verse, and calling of God are without repentance. And repentance is a deep sorrow, compunction, feeling of uneasiness or anxiety of the conscience caused by regret for doing wrong or causing pain or contrition for a past sin. Sincere nor penitence or remorseful. The state of being penitent. Regret, regret for one's wrongdoing or sinning. Contrition is repentance, repentance according to theology, not sorrowful for an distinctions of sin, appearance, abomination, hatred, without a true purpose of amendment arising from a love of God for his own perfection. This is a person that's living a life without repentance perfect contrition or from some inferior motive as fear of divine punishment, imperfect contrition, no regret for any past actions. So you don't feel anything towards God as far as sorrowful or uh, I, I am uh, remorseful because of the things that I did. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm preaching and I'm casting out devils, I'm prophesying to people, but yet my life doesn't match up with what I'm doing because there's no change in my lifestyle. I have given the time to God, but not my life. You have given your time to God, but not your life. There's no change in your lifestyle but yet, you're casting out devils. You're healing the sick. you prophesying to people. you bring, even bringing them to Christ with the sinner's prayer. But you, as an individual, a person that has a personal relationship with God, is not proper because your relationship with God is at, a, is at a distance. But God has given you a gift. He has given you all these gifts. And he also called you. And you took heed to the call. And you, and you are using your gifts. But at the same time, there's no change in your lifestyle. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. This is the 28th verse. But as touching the election the chosen, they are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts and calling of God are without change or without, re or without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed God, 
yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now, now not believe that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. Now, see, God is a merciful God. You, you, you're into your calling. You're giving God all your time. But you just need to give him your life also. Give God your life. Even so I have these also now not believe that through your mercy they also may attain mercy. For God had concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. In other words, these people have these gifts, they abide in a calling, and God says, in, in both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, on that 33rd verse, verse 33, O oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments? How unsearchable? How can you understand God's judgment? Or how can you understand that people are prophesying, casting out devils, bringing people to Christ? How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out? For who have known the mind of the Lord? Or who have been his counselor? Who knows the mind of God? God called these people, but yet their life has not changed. But they are giving God their time in their service. But their lifestyle hasn't changed. Or what or who have first given to him and it shall and it shall be recompensed unto him again for of him and through him and to him are all things for the 36th verse for of, for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever amen so in other words what Paul is saying that yes God called him and God does not regret, regret calling you now, if you want to read into Ezekiel, the 18th chapter and the 4th verse, and Ezekiel is saying some things about the souls. And it reads, Behold, look, listen, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, if you read the whole chapter of Ezekiel 18, it talks about the lifestyle that you must have in order for your soul not to die. In other words, give your life to God. Now, I know people say that some people have sold their souls to the devil. They didn't sell their souls to the devil. What they did was gave their life to the devil. In other words, they, they sacrificed their life for the devil to get certain things in which you
can sacrifice your life to God and get certain things, and not only get certain things, but also you receive salvation. And not only that you receive salvation, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And see, that's the problem with the enemy. He cannot put your name in the Lamb's Book of Life if you sell your life to him. Because you can't sell your soul. Your soul is not your own. If you listen to what Ezekiel said in that fourth verse in the 18th chapter, before he said anything, he said, behold, which means look or listen. Behold, look or listen. All souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. So if you give your life to the devil, then of course, yes, your soul is going to die. But you can't sell your soul to the devil because you don't own it and the devil don't own it. God is the only one that owns your soul. Let's, let's um, move over into uh, Matthew, the 7th chapter, 22nd verse. And it reads, Matthew 7, 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And when, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Iniquity is a gross injustice or wickedness, a violation of right or duty. It's wicked, a wicked act or sin. In other words, you did all of this. Yeah, true, you did that. Why? Because Romans 11.29 says that the gifts and the calling of God it's without repentance. So, yes, you prophesied in his name. You cast out devils in his name. You've done many wonderful works in his name. But then, here's the kicker. Your lifestyle did not change. You didn't have a repentant heart. You felt justified of whatever you was doing outside of ministry or the time that you have given God in ministry to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils. You did wonderful works in his name. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Wicked acts and sins because you have a devil life. You're living a double life and unstable lifestyle. Now, according to Jawbone Digital, 
digital on classic Christian ebooks. There's an article about A.A. A. Allen. His real name is Asa Alonzo Allen, doubtless better known simply as A.A. A. Allen, 1911 through 1970, was his days on earth was a well-known Pentecostal evangelistic evangelist doing the Voice of Healing movement in the 1950s, which he included the likes of Gordon Lindsay, William Branham, Jake Cole, Jack Cole, I'm sorry, and Oral Roberts. One cannot overstate the impact his ministry had on countless individuals, whether through his preaching and teaching or by the miracles that followed wherever he went. Allen was often accused of being a showman and his dynamic style sometimes justified these claims. Call him a sensationalist all you want, but it seems that his preaching style didn't offend God because his hand rested mightily on Allen's ministry. Now listen, God, his, God's hand was rested mightily on Alan's ministry. Regrettably, Alan passed away premature in 1970 amidst a sea of controversy. Now they call it controversy because they don't want to stain a. A. Allen's ministry. So, of course, the media or the Christianity or his close members or his, his entourage, if I can use that word, it was initially reported that he died of alcohol poisoning. But reports have since emerged that the coroner falsified his reports after receiving a bribe. In other words, the actual report is saying that he died of alcohol poisoning, binge drinking. This is what the report is saying from the autopsy, that he died of alcohol poisoning. But then reports since emerged that the coroner falsified his reports after receiving a bribe. Without question, one must be careful with whom they trust their spiritual instruction. And while we may never know what happened to Alan, his worth, our absolutely were, were absolutely worth your prayerful consideration. Even if, even if he was backslidden and drunk at the time of his death, this does not cheaping all the good that he did before that happened. We cannot ignore the good that came from his ministry. This is uh, Jawbone Digital writing. And there are very good reasons why his writings are still read today. Now, we can't judge A.A. A. Allen, but from the reports, the saying that he died in his hotel room in California, and that the cause of death was alcohol poisoning. See, here's the thing. 
although you're you're doing these things, you, you definitely have to be careful because just like Romans said eleven twenty nine, that the gifts and the calling of God is out is without repentance. Now, you can do these things. You can glorify God. You can also say in the name of Jesus. Because why? Your gifts and your call is, is without repentance. Now, if you go over to Romans, the first chapter, and that is the sad thing about the report on A.A. Allen because, yes, he did have a wonderful ministry, and that doesn't justify uh, what happened to him. But at the same time, the devil doesn't care who you are. In other words, what I am saying is that, yes, we have to be alert at all times, and we must pray for one another, pray for the ministers, pray for the, 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 the uh, family members, which is the church members of the church. We all need prayer because why? The devil is walking to and fro seeking whom he may devour. And that was an opportunity for him, if this really happened to A.A. Allen, to cause him to fall into a state of binge drinking and he drank so much that he drank himself to death. And he died in his hotel room. And some reports that I read a long time ago is that he, he had fifths of alcohol. And he was just drinking it and just drinking it and just drinking it. And then he just drank until he couldn't drink anymore. And he just fell over and died. Now, there's a lot of reports. If you want to do research on A.A. Allen, of his cause of death, the, that, that is one of the cause of death, is the uh, alcohol poisoning. And then some go further into detail on how the alcohol poisoning killed him. Romans 1 through 32, and the 20th verse is the key verse in this, in this chapter. Twenty verse says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So what am I saying? What am I saying is, is, is that, uh, yes, we are human, and we do fall into certain diverse temptations but at the same time the Bible does say resist the devil and he will flee from you so in order to have that power to resist we need to use the power of prayer and fasting and reading God's word and keeping ourselves clear of thoughts of, of being part of God's mission or of God's purpose or his movement which is his Pentecostal movement the 20th verse reads again it says for the invisible in for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen it's, it's seen you, you saw the creation 
when, when, when Jesus said, let there be light. And there was light. And he saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from darkness. And he also created the universe. And we saw that. We saw the creation of the world. And it was clear. It was clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, we understand that. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, the first verse says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, Paul was prophesied as being an apostle by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which are made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name among whom are ye also the call of Jesus Christ to all that be in Rome. See, Paul, it was something about Rome that he had to get there. It was just burning in his spirit to get to Rome, among whom are ye are also called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Now, in this first chapter of Romans, Romans, it talks about the reprobate mind and how you have been turned over because of certain things that took place in your life. So, um, the 26th verse, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. So what you can do is read Romans 1 through 32, or just read the whole chapter of Romans 1, and it speaks about situations and what caused the reprobate mind. What changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever? Amen. That's the 25th verse. For this cause, God, them, God gave them up until vile affection for even their women did change the nature use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one towards another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the, those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetedness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, you see that word, debate? And you have a lot of 
people in the Christian world loves to debate. Now, if you see that person that loves to debate, he's part of that reprobate mind. Just deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers, judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do they do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, this is the world. This is the secular world uh, that I just read. Most of them have been turned over into a reprobate mind. And then now, everything that's done, what I just read, becomes the new normal in real time as we speak. And then when you talk about these things, they get upset because they're thinking that you're bashing them. But in reality, you're not bashing them. You actually, if you're trying to help them uh, to realize that they're being deceived or blinded, then you can minister to them. Here's the thing. God gave me a revelation on the LGBTQ community. And yes, I will preach that message one day soon, but the revelation, it starts, yes, with Solomon and Gomorrah. Then it also starts with relatives, friends, and it starts with people that are close to you. Now, here's the thing. Let me just drop a snippet of some of the situations in that community that some people was forced into or some people made that choice to be a part of that community. Now, one situation is with David's children. Absalom, and I believe his daughter's name was Tabitha. Don't quote me, but uh, Absalom pretended that he was sick and he wanted his sister to bring him something to drink, right? So when she came into the room, he pretty much raped her. And then he told her to be gone. In other words, after he finished doing what he did to his sister, he kicked out the room. Now, listen to what happened to Absalom after he raped his sister. He was riding on a horse. And Absalom had long hair, very long hair. So he's riding on a horse, and you know you're bouncing up and down on the horse. And what happened, a branch caught his hair and Absalom died when that branch caught his hair. For some reason, according to the word that 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 hung him, it hung him, it hung himself, and Absalom passed away. I'm not saying he passed away because he raped his sister, but who knows? Only God knows. So when you're tampering with people, and 
in the in the street language they call that you have turned them out they call it a turnout or you've been in prison and you've been tampered with and now that you're you're now you're part of the LGBTQ community now I'm going to teach that one of these days it's it's here I already have it here it's locked in I just have to bring the scriptures out to support what I have to tell you guys. But the LGB community, uh, some of them have been forced into that community and some that made their own choice to be a part of the community. So, yes, that's some information that we need to know about. Now, God is a just God. If you need help, all you have to do is ask. If you're in the ministry, just ask. Repent. Change. And the Bible said, repent, change from your wicked ways. Change from the things that you are doing. Yes, you're giving your time to God. You're in ministry, but your lifestyle hasn't changed. You are still doing or carrying on the things that you are doing that you did before the call. And a lot of people think that it's okay because of your gifts and your calling. It's not okay because you're missing heaven because you don't have any salvation, but you have the gifts and you have the call, but no salvation. Why? Your lifestyle hasn't changed, but God is just God. If you need help, ask. James 1, 5 through 11. If any of you lack wisdom, because you, you don't have wisdom and you're doing ministry, you're giving God your time, and you're in your call, but you haven't changed your lifestyle. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally, and a bride of not, a bride of not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. You're doing all of these wonderful works. Just ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, look. Behold, you are in ministry. You are abiding in your calling. But there is a double-mindedness that's allowing you to continue in the ungodly lifestyle that you're in, even though that you are in the ministry and abiding in your call. A double-minded man is an unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth and the grace of the fashion of it perish so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways now you can be rich in ministry you can be rich in your call but that's going to pass away. 
the Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will last forever. So if you're standing on God's word and you live in God's word, guess what he's coming back for? He's coming back for his word. If his word is inside of you, that is what he's looking for. That's the church that he's looking for. The church that he built upon a rock. And the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So you know ministry. You know his word. You prophesied in his name. You did wonderful works. But don't let the devil cheat you out of your salvation because greater is he that is on the inside of you than he that is in the world. In other words, resist the devil and he will flee from you and make sure that if you feel anything that's not like God, repent. Repent. Change. Repent. Continue in ministry. Continue in your calling, but have a repentive heart. Because without that, there's no salvation. You have to change. You have to repent. You have to regret what you were doing. You have to have feelings. You have to be uneasy of what you're doing as far as causing pain or uh, past sins, just, just give it to God. Repent. Be regretful for your wrongdoings or sins. Just be sorrowful. Just, just let God know that, like David said, when he was repenting to God, when he slept with Bathsheba, uh, uh, when he put that man's, her husband, on the front line to be killed, and he found out that she was pregnant, and it wasn't preg she wasn't pregnant by her husband, so David went on a fast and prayed to keep that baby alive. Because David know he did some wrong things concerning her and her husband and the baby. So he fasted and prayed. The baby died. And one of his servants came to him and asked him, uh, well, why, you, why have you stopped fasting and praying? And David was like, what's the purpose? The baby is dead. God took him. And I was praying that God wouldn't take him. But yet, after all of that had happened, guess what happened? David married her, and then he impregnated her, and guess what happened? He had Solomon. That's when Solomon was born, after the first death, because David repented to God, and he asked God to have mercy on him. If you read Psalms 51, when he asked God to have mercy on him, and he, and he asked God to not take his Holy Spirit from him. David 
had a repentant heart. But before he had that repentant heart, the prophet Nathan came to him and told him a scenario. And David said, who is this man? And Nathan said, you are that person that I am talking about. So there is someone that loves you or that are a true prophet of God or a pastor or a teacher that can talk to you and let you know that you need to repent. They don't have to be all in your business, but they can convey a message to you that God wants you to change. Although you are in ministry, although you are a part of the call, although you are giving or, or having wonderful works through your ministry, all of that is good. But remember what Matthew 7 and 22 says. Put that in your heart. Maybe that will convict you or give you a mind to want to repent. Matthew 7 and 22, and what I'm going to do is read that, and then we're going to close out. Matthew 7, 22, I'm going to read that to you again. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. But verse 23 is the verse that you do not want to hear on the day of judgment or the day that you have to meet face to face with your Savior, with the one, the anointed one, the one who died for your sins, the Messiah, the anointed one, and the anointed. And it reads, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, you don't want to hear that. But what you do want to hear is that you are a faithful servant and your works will praise you in the gate. That's what you want to hear or that's what you want to see. You do not want to hear, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Remember that. Write it down. If you don't know about it, if you're a new member of a church, read Matthew 7, 22, and also read Romans, the 11th chapter, and Romans, the first chapter, and also read Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, and it tells you about lifestyles or what you need to do in order to maintain your salvation. We have to maintain that. We have to maintain our salvation. And not only that we have to maintain it, we have to apply God's word in order to cast out certain things that's in our life. Don't hide it. You, you're in ministry. You, you're, you have given your time to God, but not your life. Now it's time for you to give your life to God. Father, in Jesus' name I pray that the fivefold ministry will be blessed with people that has a repentant heart. Help them, God, 
to repent and to change. They're giving your, your, their time to you, but not their life. Give them conviction. Give them a mind to want to give their life to you as well. As, as they have given their time. You have a lot of preachers that come to church, preach, or visit church evangelists, preachers, visit churches, but the lifestyle hasn't changed. 